Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to a special episode of This Is Ibrooks, the Rangers podcast, where I, William Boyd, chat to former Academy graduate Robbie Crawford for the next part of our interview series. How are we doing, Robbie? Let's get stuck in. Firstly, how have you been given the coronavirus situation we find ourselves in? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, obviously it's really, really strange times for everyone, not just yeah over here in the UK but all around the world so um for me personally I think it's it's been as fine as as can be expected to be honest training's obviously off at the minute so that's that's obviously not ideal but um you know my family's healthy back home everyone's doing well and uh just trying to get on with things as best they can so um yeah I guess things could definitely be worse but uh not not an ideal situation for anyone I don't think. No it's good to hear Robbie. What's the kind of club been like while you've you've been over there have they kind of helped you out uh yeah they've they've been great to be honest i mean they they obviously reacted quickly to the situation um we only played one one league game and then i think the the week after that we we stopped training we had a team meeting with the doctors and physios and um gives a lot of advice and there's there's not been any cases in the team which has been which has been the most important thing um, I know a few a few teams in the league have had a few guys with with the virus, so thankfully we've stayed away from it. Um, and we've actually just this week started doing Zoom calls as a team, so um, just kind of doing workouts at home as a team and staying connected that way. So I guess that's that's about as much as you can do at the minute. So uh, yeah, that, doing doing all they can. Is that just another deal chat with the rest of the guys then? I or doing your workouts? Yeah, exactly. Everyone joins the video chat. The coaches are there. Everyone does a drill and, and move on to the next one and it's, it's a bit of fun. It's a way to keep us all together and uh, keep our mind off just sitting about the apartments all day. So, um, no, I think I think that's been a good idea. and Yeah, pretty much all you can do at the minute. So I think that's going to be our new kind of regular thing until we get some clarity on when we can train and when the league will start. So, yeah, we'll see what the updates are. Yeah. Is there anything else that you've been doing to keep yourselves fit? Like if the club organised any sort of... Other kind of personal, more personal training schedules for yourself, what to eat, what to do, especially when you're not maybe doing as much as you would do? They've been sending us up uh, emails quite regularly with different kind of workouts. Um, one of the coaches sent us a link to his old personal trainer and loads of exercises on that we can do. Um, running program, obviously we can still go to the park on our own and um, do what we can. We had a nutritionist meeting at the start of the season, so I think everyone's kind of knows to be sensible. We're still athletes, even though we're not playing at the minute, so still need to be sensible. Still keeping top of all the things we can we can control, like sleep and diet and uh, training on our own. So um, I think I think all the team have been been good at that, and yeah, that's that's all we can all we can do really. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so you grew up in Gurok. Um How did you get into football? Um, yeah, that's right. I grew up in Gurukh. Um, two big brothers, dad, all love football, and uh, pretty much as, as soon as I could walk, that was what I enjoyed doing, kicking the ball about with them. And um, they'd just, yeah, take me in the garden, take me to the park, and uh, join the local team as soon as I could. And uh, that was that was the start of it, really. Just just always something I really enjoyed. Um, never never really doubted that I wanted to to do anything else, really. And um, Joined Rangers at eight, so obviously it's pretty much, uh, yeah, pretty early to be honest. But as young as you can get uh, back in the day to to join an academy and um, work my way through uh, from there. So that was pretty much how it all began, though, playing in in the garden in the park with two big brothers and my dad. So yeah, and the, the scouts came caught on through a kind of boys' club football at eight, or was, um, it, was it through one end of the Rangers soccer schools? It wasn't soccer schools. Um, guy called Davy Proven, he was an ex-player um, oh, for Rangers yet, he was the kind of local scout at the time and uh, he used to take take us for sessions and um, I think I think he put uh, put my name forward to, to the club and um, yeah I remember getting getting a letter through the through the door saying that they wanted, wanted me to come in for my first session so um, that's a really nice memory and um, yeah that was it so I trained 
I think I was training with under 10s at Ibrox when I was eight and then kind of always played a year above myself for a couple of years um, and then Murray Park was built and moved over there um, training probably three or four nights a week from like under 10s all the way up to under 15s um, plus training at the weekends uh, games at the weekends um, and then I was also training my local team for a few years in between those nights so pretty much <laughs> every day was spent uh, spent in at training so good times wouldn't really trade it for anything so um, and it was it was definitely all worth it once once I made it to the first team oh absolutely um, who, who do you think was the, the kind of biggest kind of influence in your from a coaching perspective when you were kind of co- coming through the academy <clears throat> um Obviously, I've worked with a lot of good coaches, even locally. Uh, John McClurg, um was kind of the head of the the team I trained with locally. Um, and then once I got to Rangers, loads of good coaches. Uh, Craig Mahon, Jim Mullen, uh, Derek Renton. Um, George Adams was, was a big influence, actually. He was the head of youth and always showed a lot of, a lot of faith in me and um, always had good things to say. So, uh, no, a lot, of, a lot of coaches that were... Really important for uh, my development at the time. So you said you said you came uh, through kind of the year above yourself. Did you find that as a, always a challenge, or did you kind of step into it quite comfortably? Obviously, it was a challenge. I mean, we're yeah playing for Rangers. Everyone wanted to beat you, and it was hard enough <laughs> without yeah. playing a year above yourself. Especially at that age, it was obviously a lot of guys growing at different stages. And um, but I think it was only good for my development. Looking back. Um, as I said, John, when I was eight and always trained with kind of older guys and um, for the three or four years that I was playing year above myself, it didn't do any harm and yeah, it came with its its own challenges but um, as I say, I wouldn't have changed it. Did uh, the, the teams change very often or was it a mainstay of certain players kind of constantly coming through or was it constantly changing maybe every summer? Um, I think for the core group, there was there was always a few guys who were we made it, you know, for a number of years together, but um, there's there's always such turnover. To be honest, you see loads of guys come and go, which is uh, it's pretty difficult to to adapt to. I guess when you're a kid, you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's just a difficult thing to deal with. But um, you just kind of try to focus on yourself. Um, well, I did anyway, just to to make sure I was performing and and doing well enough to to stay on for another year because. That was how it was. You just kind of had until the end of the year, and then you'd have a meeting at the end, and coaches would decide the the future from there. So, um, yeah, it's quite quite nerve wracking, especially when you're young. But as I say, you just try try focus on yourself, and yeah, that's that's all you can do really. What was the kind of team like when you kind of started to get nearer the under sixteens, under eighteens? Was there any kind of boys you realised that were well, he's quite good. What what can uh, I do to kind of up my game or or anything like that? Yeah, I'd say it's kind of strange time for me personally because I was, especially kind of under seventeen, under eighteen level, I was maybe in and out of the team more than I'd like, and there were guys who were, especially at the start of the season, looked like they were going to be on the team for the whole season ahead of me, and then it was kind of up to me to to impress in training and and do well when I came on, and then as the season went on, I, I found myself starting more games, and then um, when I was I think I was about seventeen when I first trained with the first team, so. And I did well when I went round, so I think that was a was a big part in me getting back into the team at the under seventeens. And then from there I just kinda kept progressing and yeah, there's obviously a lot of good guys playing around you, a lot of talented guys and it's uh it's competitive environment, but you know, you've seen a million guys with talents at, at that age and it doesn't doesn't work out for whatever reason. So you just gotta keep believing, keep doing extra work and keep having faith that you're you'll get your chance. Yeah. So you were 18, I think, when you managed to get on the bench against St Johnston. Do you remember that day? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I remember it well. Um, it was only a couple of weeks before that I made debut in a friendly in Northern Ireland, me and Barry Mackay. Um, we'd been the ones that were kind of training the most with the first team around that time from the youth side. And did well in that, day, in that friendly and then... Yeah, I was on the bench for, I think it was the last game of the season, actually, of that year. Uh, I think a local scored a hat-trick and Barry ended up getting on and then I was on the bench. So um, that was obviously encouraging for, for a young guy. And, um, it was obviously a really strong squad at that point. So it was um, it was it was all positive that year for me, really, personally. 
Absolutely. What was kind of like the experience guys like when you came on? How were they? Were they just kind of talking you through the game? Um, yeah, they, they were great with us, to be honest. I mean, I know the, um, yeah, I mean, me and Barry went around, we didn't really expect anyone to, to treat us differently. We just were there to to impress them. It wasn't for them to kind of make it easy for us or anything like that. So um, we just, well, I personally just try to focus on doing well, hold my own, and thankfully I did that. Um, I think the, once you do well, the experienced guys kind of, you know, accept you a wee bit and they understand that you've you've got their own merit. So um, guys like Stephen A. Smith, Davey Weir, uh, Aluko, McGregor, all experienced guys and uh, all great to have in, in the dressing room. Absolutely. Did you ever move into the first team dressing room or was it just a case that you were, you, McCoy's brought you into the, the team or the squad that particular day? At that time, that was just before the summer and then um, I wasn't in the first team dressing room then. No, we just came around every day to train. Um, and then over that summer, obviously, that was when we got put down to third division and a lot of the, the experienced guys left. And, and then it was me, Lewis McLeod and, and Barry that signed um, the five-year contracts. So then at that point, we moved around to the first team dressing room. So as you said, there we, we ended up being thrown into the, the third division. What went through your mind during that time? I think it was yeah, mixed mixed emotions for everyone, but yeah. uh, mixed thoughts. I mean, nobody could quite believe it at first. I don't think um, that was kind of the the main feeling going around. It was just kind of disbelief, and then uh, once you got your head around it, I think everything just happened so quickly. I mean, guys had to decide their future, and um, yeah, I mean, doesn't sit well with a lot of fans that they left. Um, obviously, everyone has their has their own reasons, but. For me, at that stage, you know, I was I was young, just broke into the team or breaking into the team, uh, training with them the year before. So, yeah, it was never, never, never really my intention to leave and at all. It didn't didn't occur to me. Um, I just wanted to to focus on sticking around and uh, making sure I turned up for preseason that year as, as well as you could, despite everything that was going on. Just as well, you mentioned preseason. So I was just about to ask, how many players turned up? I think it's been spoken about a few times, but there wasn't very many, if I remember correctly. If I'm being, I can't remember if there was a lot or not, to be honest, for the first yeah. official day back. Um, it doesn't, uh, that doesn't ring just, any bells either way, uh, to be honest. That might have just sure. been a wee bit of paper talk, I suppose. It may <laughs> have been. Was, I'm not sure, to be honest. I couldn't say. Yeah. What was the experience, guys, at that time like? Where, once everything was kind of done and dusted and the season was about to start, like the boys like uh, Wallace and McCulloch and Bocanegra was there as well. Do you remember anything like yeah, that they would yeah. do? Or were they trying to keep together? I don't think a lot was discussed in the changing room between them about, you know, futures. Uh, maybe personally we had talks and I'm sure the guys that stayed would have done all they could to convince the guys that were leaving to, to stay with them. But um, that's really for them to say. I, I didn't really notice anything like that. Um, it was more just dealing with the situation the best they could that's something both Lee's uh, Wallace and McCulloch are, are good at to be honest they try to stay positive just deal with what's in front of them um, I think that's why they've had six successful careers um, you know that was that was the reality that's where we were so um, there was only only one focus and that was getting us back to where we should have been so um, I think pretty quickly they, they um, you know just just made everyone around them try try focus on the job. Absolutely. You were subbed on in a one-one draw against Berwick Rangers. Would you think that there were maybe a, a motivation problem playing against these so-called smaller clubs when when the boys were so used to playing at a, maybe a higher level? I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have said so. To be honest, I mean, when you play for Rangers, it's, it's easy to say, but the motivation is always there. There's <laughs> hundreds, thousands of fans uh, in the country wanting you to do well and they're on your back all the time regardless of what league you're playing in so I wouldn't say motivation motivation was an issue I just think it was crazy circumstances for the club for the coaching staff for the players it was new to everyone um, didn't have a lot of time to, to get their head around it and prepare for a new season so I just I just think there was any number of factors but I wouldn't really say motivation was one of them not, not from what I saw Did you find it hard breaking into the team because you kind of if I remember right, you played central midfield and at one point I think you were playing kind of right. Did you think that was kind of hard to maybe try and nail down one spot because you were asked to play a variation of positions? 
yeah, I mean, I've I've never been one to look for excuses, but um, I don't think it, it's, it's ideal for any player to be played in in multiple positions. It was kind of something I was used to, though, from from the youth side. Again, it was um, maybe to my detriment that I could play in different positions that I was used in different positions rather than just kind of nailing down one area and and being like you know seen as that exact player. Um, so maybe it. it didn't work in my favour in that case, but at the same time, I was always happy to to play in any position, and um, as I say, never tried to to look for excuses. You know, if, if I played in the right mid, left mid, centre mid, um, even right back a few times, then then I was happy, well, more than happy to <laughs> to get on the pitch and, and do that. You ended up uh, scoring your your first goal at a packed Ibrooks against Montrose after being only three minutes on the field. How how did that feel? What was that feeling like? To be honest, that's that's probably one of my yeah, fondest memories of of my whole time. It was an amazing feeling. Um, obviously, the the game was going well for the team. They were already three one up, I think, and um, came on, felt really good um, playing with freedom. And Wallace was on the left and putting a good cross. And um, first time finishing my left foot, so it was yeah, it was it was a really nice feeling. And <laughs> it's it's hard to explain, but definitely a definitely a nice one to look back on. Absolutely. So going on to the 2013-14 season now, we, we ended up going up as champions of Division 3. Uh, what was the, the, the night after you won the, the, the trophy officially? Was there a, was there a party? Or? Um, there was a, a get-together sort of thing at Ibrooks. I mean, to call it a party, I mean, everyone was... Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it was the minimum that was expected of the club, obviously, in the circumstances, considering the players and the budget and the size of the club that goes out saying that was... Um, what we're expected to do, but um, you know, winning your any league with Rangers is you know incredible. After spending so much time in the youth and working your way around to it, so definitely did enjoy the feeling. But at the same time, nobody was thinking that <laughs> job was done or by any stretch of imagination. Like everyone was um, aware of the circumstances, and you know, for me personally, I was happy to enjoy the night, and then just. That was us off for a few weeks for pre-season and then um, straight back into it as, as soon as I can. So um, not not any great memories sticking out from, from the night out on that occasion, to be honest. Yeah. So Rangers get promoted as champions from Division 3 into League 1 after the yep. kind of league's reformed and then the playoffs were That's brought right, in. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you still managed to make 25 appearances in the Rangers jersey. So you start the season well and you're trying to force your way into the team and you're, you're your versatility is kind of proven a bit difficult because you've got players in your the positions you can play as Black and McCulloch and then Rangers signed former Motherwell man Nicky Law. They've also brought in Dean Shields who plays out right, right or out wide and Barry Mackay. So did you find that difficult as well despite making these 25 appearances? Yeah, I'd say so. Obviously experienced guys that have played in, in the top league in Scotland and um various other places so that's to be expected when you're at Rangers regardless of the league they're going to bring in quality and uh, that's always part of the challenge um, but as you say I was kind of competing against other centre mids and kind of wingers if you like plus other guys young guys coming through and you know it's, it's just the realities of being at the club there's going to be good players all around you so um, but yeah as you say I made, made quite a lot of appearances um, obviously would have liked it to have been even more but Having a good preseason that year, going into it, you know, my fitness was fitness was kind of known to the manager. He knew I could play in different positions, and I think he knew that I'd I'd always give everything, be prepared, um, follow his instructions, and hopefully try to show some quality on the ball as well going forward and um, in defence. So I'd I'd imagine those were those, those are the reasons I, I made quite a few appearances that year. Absolutely, and you've made a lot more appearances than I ever will in a Rangers jersey. Um, <laughs> so. You end up doing another season in League One, this time going on loan till January with Morton. That's right, yeah. How did, how did that kind of come about and did that feel good, kind of going back home, so to speak? Yeah, so um, I think, again, in the summer after the League One year, we um, made quite a few signings pre-season. It was just kind of obvious that it was going to be difficult to get a lot of game time in the Rangers first team so I spoke to the manager and there was some interest from Morton and as you say it was a local team team that I'd been to obviously as, as a kid and when that opportunity came about I, I just made a lot of sense you know time chance to go play chance to be at home and yeah again it's, it's uh, a period to look back with, with good memories um, really good squad of guys that I knew from you know a couple of them were Rangers youth players and um, 
Jim Duffy was, was really good with me as well and end up winning the league at the end of it. So it was yeah, it was only a few months but uh it was it was a good spell for me. Yeah. you returned in January? That's right, yes. Yeah. So um was that was that always your plan? Or was it meant to be to the end of the season? Because McCoy was putting gardening leave then. That's right, yeah. I was just going to say the initial loan was just until January, actually. So it wasn't like I was, it was cut short. Um, and then had a chat with Jim Duffy, and we both agreed it would be best for me to go back to, to Rangers with the new manager and uh, go in and train and, and um, see what comes of it. And I got on really well with uh, Stuart McCall. I liked his sessions, and um, I think he was. Um, yeah, seemed seemed to be a bit of a fan of mine. He liked that I could play on the left, play on the right, and um, gave me gave me some game time once once he took charge. Um, so it was great. Obviously, going on loan, you're not sure what's going to happen, and then you come back and uh, to be involved um, in the squads again was uh, was really good feeling. Yeah, I can imagine it must have been very kind of emotional too. Maybe if you, if you thought with the players that they had brought in in the summer. Maybe you felt like you maybe had maybe played your last game. Um, I mean, I still had quite a few years on my contract, so I never really thought of it like that. I was more just focused on getting minutes under my belt at Morton and then going back. And obviously, with a new manager, you've got a fresh, a clean slate. And um, I always fancy myself to do well in training and impress and uh, show different qualities. So um, that was that was just what I was focusing on really, and, and thankfully it pays off. It doesn't always work out that way, but um, yeah, it was it was just great to be back involved. Yeah, because as you said, McCall seemed to be a wee bit of a fan of yours. He can brought you back into the, the team and, and gave you a few kind of extra minutes into the in the jersey. But uh, moving on to the the kind of playoff defeat, uh, just a few quick questions here. What was the kind of dressing like afterwards? Was it just very quiet? Um. After the second leg of the Motherwell game, I was um, there was actually a lot of emotions at that point because there were a few guys who whose contracts were up and they'd been a big part of the club for a couple of years and obviously spending another year in the in the championship wasn't wasn't what the club were were planning on. So um, I think everyone knew that there were going to be changes. So when that happens, it's yeah. it's never nice for anyone. And that all that on top of losing a really important game. So um, uh, yeah, I remember. Still trying to calm down emotionally, I think he was still not too happy about how things had gone, and um, manager himself didn't even know what was what was happening. So it was there was a lot of stuff up in the air. Obviously, his contract was up as well, so um, it was it was a strange time. But um, I think that's to be expected after you know emotional game and and the result not going the way that we had hoped. Yeah, I was just about to ask there. Did, did you see what happened with emotionally and in, Erwin? Um. I didn't see the instant live. No, I just saw him walking down the tunnel, and then obviously hearing about it from the other guys, and just um, uh, Moisey's reaction in the changing room. You could just tell something, something crazy had happened, and um, you know he could be the nicest guy in the world. Moisey, it's just sometimes his head, his head would just completely go, and I think that was one of those moments. And um, yeah, not much more you can say about it. It was, it was yeah, one of those moments you. Moment of madness. Too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Moving on to the championship. Uh, Mark Warburton yep. comes in. Uh, did he have any words with you when he came in? Um yeah, he tried to try to have a wee one on one with, with everyone, I think, in the squad at, at some point. Um, I actually remember I was one of the first he spoke to on the training pitch, just talking about um what he was looking from for from his centre mids and um yeah, to be honest, his first two or three weeks were were amazing. I was loving it. Um, had a great trip to Tottenham away, play friendly, and um, all the changes they made around the training ground were, I thought, were were smart moves. And his sessions were really good. I felt like I was doing well. A lot of the guys were were saying the same about me and um, speaking highly of me. And then, kind of two or three weeks later, that we had a friendly, and I was on the bench. No, uh, yeah, I was on the bench. Didn't get on, and had a chat with him, and it was pretty clear that it wasn't in his plans. And um, yeah, it came up as a bit of a shock, but obviously things happen quickly in football, and I just had to had to roll with it. And um, Aloha were in the championship, and they were they were keen on having me in, um, and and I ended up going there. Obviously, it was a bit of a challenge. They were part time, so um, adjusting to that was um, 
as I say, it was a, that was a new challenge and not something I'd experienced before. But um, like I'd say, just, just always try and make the most of it. Sorry, Robbie. Would you do some sessions with Rangers if they were part-time? Or did you just um, kind of do things through Alwa? Yeah, so the, um, the training was um, kind of tailored around there part-time. So I trained kind of Tuesday, Thursday night with Alwa and then it was Monday, Monday and Friday in full-time with Rangers or something like that. Um, yeah. So I'm still getting like full-time hours of training. It was just um, kind of as I say, kind of tailored around the, the Alwa part-time stuff. Yeah. Um, so a bit of an adjustment, but as I say, just <laughs> it's what it is. The manager's in charge, he makes the decisions, and yeah. obviously he had his own ideas about players to bring in, and it was it was tough at the time. It was, it was more just the kind of surprise after feeling like if I'd had a terrible preseason, I'd understand, but um, yeah. with everyone else saying that I was flying, it was, yeah, it was, came as a bit of a shock, but um, it, it made sense to go out on loan rather than just sit on the bench of the reserves with Rangers for another year, and uh, get some game time and it was at the same level as, as Rangers so yeah. we're at the time of the championship so uh, that was that was it, was it Danny Lennon that was the manager at the time? Uh, it was yeah so I joined and they'd already played played five and lost five I think so um, it wasn't an ideal start for them for the, the league campaign and then um, yeah it was always going to be a, a bit of a battle up uh, from then on and he um he was he was great for me to be honest. He was he was always positive about me and um got a lot of minutes under him and then uh results weren't going their way and uh Jack Ross ended up coming in maybe halfway through the season and um again really, really, really enjoyed to work with him. He was that was his first um like first team job. Um so the way he handled it was, was pretty impressive to be honest. As soon as he came in the door his sessions were great and um just kind of got that feeling that he was he was on his way for for higher things uh, in the game as a manager. So, Alwa ended up drawing twice with Rangers that season. Do you think Rangers were still uh, fragile from the previous season? Um, I remember Alwa always kind of being the the bogey team, and I don't know if that played in some of the guys' minds. You know, having bad experiences against them before, but. Um, I, in in general, I didn't play those games. Obviously, I was on loan at Alwa, so it's hard yeah. for me to pinpoint what 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 went wrong against them. But um, I think I think it's just natural that there are going to be results that, that don't go your way when you're playing in these grounds that you're not used to. And there was a lot of guys who were new to the team and having to learn quickly what it means to to play for the club. And uh, anything less than three points isn't acceptable. And it's just something you're you're growing up with as a as a youth player. So. It was nothing new to me, but um, I know a lot of the guys maybe takes them a, f- a few weeks to, to adjust to that. Yeah. So, next season comes round. Did you do a pre-season with Rangers again? Um, I didn't, know. So, at the end of that year, I um, had a meeting with Warburton at the end of it. And, um, you know, his, his mind hadn't changed. He'd, he was happy to stick with the players that he'd brought in and... Obviously, I disagreed and was was keen to go in for preseason the next year to to prove myself, and that's you know something I've always wanted to do. But um, as I say, he was he's in charge, and uh, it was clear I was just going to be training with the the youth team. So it was it, it was just not going to be great for for my development. And um, yeah, that's just just life of being a footballer, I guess. Yeah. Neat with it, even if you don't agree with it. Um, so I think. I had another year left, um, and then I, I I went in for preseason to be fair, but it wasn't with the first team. I was just training with the, the youth team until I could get the everything sorted with my contract, and and then that was me free, kind of September I think of that year. Yeah, joining Wraith Rovers. Uh, that's right. Yes, yeah. so I had um, a couple of yeah, a couple of weeks, months, just kind of trying to figure out what would be the best next move, and a couple of things fell through in the end, and. Uh, Wraith had shown a lot of interest and um, it was just, yeah, made sense at the time to, to sign with them until the January time. Um, I think I spent maybe six weeks, two months there, driving <laughs> cross-country an hour and a half, two hours each day to get there. And um, I, I don't think I, I literally didn't play a minute for the first team. You know, I was just on the bench every week and it was, yeah, not not happy happy period, to be honest, especially after everything that had happened at Rangers and then to to think I was going to get some game time and yeah, it just really didn't work out. So um, again, these things happen in football, but especially the young guy just wanting to play after 
pretty pretty difficult situation that it wasn't wasn't great for me but um as I say there's always lessons to be learned and um moved on no hard feelings and uh yeah that was it final question on that on that we kind of six months uh six weeks sorry that you had at Wraith Rovers Rudy Scatchel was there was he still a real quality player that's right yeah yeah he'd, he'd always had a really good career he was come to the end of it but um could you kind of tell his um his mentality and little bits of quality he had in training he was he was a good player but I think his his legs had pretty much gone at that stage but you could techniques never leaves you so you yeah. could definitely see he was a good player so you end up going to the land of fire and ice and joining FH in Iceland how did that move come about that's right yeah um so obviously I spent 15 years at Rangers and um yeah once from there there's not many places you can go in Scotland that's um that were really appealing to me. So I'd, I kind of always had in my head that I'd, I'd like to go abroad at one point. Um, and then I actually had in, like an agent got me to one club in Iceland and then it was a former player, um, former Rangers player, Stevie Lennon. He made a couple of first team appearances. Yeah. He was like five, five years older than me. Um, he heard that I was on trail at this other team and then he got me into his team who were actually the champions and they were playing Champions League qualifiers that year. So it was, they were probably the best club I could have joined, to be honest. Um, yeah. And then I had a really good kind of week or two on trial, signed, came home quickly, got my stuff, and then their season was starting really quickly after I signed. So I just went straight into it, and it was it was ideal, really, just just what I was looking for. Um, was a chance to start fresh and go as just be known as a centre mid rather than playing different positions uh, yeah. like I had done. Um, just to be be seen as a centre mid was was really good, and played a lot of minutes uh, week in week out. Um, obviously it's Playing abroad comes with different uh, challenges, being away from family, girlfriend, friends, um, new place, new uh, language. Um, so that was was an exciting for me to to deal with. Um, on top of playing some really good games, um, away to Maribor and Braga and um, team in Israel, and yeah, a lot, lot of really good good opposition in, in the European qualifiers. So um, that was it was a great experience to be honest. I'm going to ask a few more questions about those European games in a couple of minutes. Yeah, go for it. But uh, first, what was the kind of overall standard like in the league? Um, I was surprised it was it was um, maybe better than I was expecting. There's um, obviously live in Scotland, play for Rangers, kind of live in a bubble. You're not exactly sure what to expect yeah. uh, elsewhere. Um, but Stevie Lennon was was a really good player. Um, we had other guys who had played a lot of games for the Iceland national team and. FH had won the league a lot, so there was, was a lot of um, good quality around me. Um, and then the leagues, it was, it was probably like a slower tempo, I'd say, but quite good technical players and guys that had, um, just hadn't worked out at bigger clubs for whatever reason and they were in the league. And um, yeah, so in general, the standard was was pretty good. I've been to Iceland and, and I know the facilities are, are quite good, I would say, because there's quite a lot of AstroTurf parks in Reykjavik anyway. I don't know if, if you did you feel the same with the, the facilities they had? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I was. That was probably the most surprising part, how good they were. Um, at FH, particularly, you know, had running tracks, indoor pitches, and a uh, nice stadium. And I think that's part of the success of the national team. They'd invested a lot in these um, indoor pitches that they could use all year round, and um, obviously get a lot more hours on the on the training pitch um, than they would have had previously. So um, it definitely paid off for them. Obviously, being the getting to the Euros and then being the smallest country to qualify for a World Cup. So. Um, that was it was that both those things both happened when I was over there, so it was it was a really good place to be and exciting time for the the country. You finished third in your debut season, but you ended up missing out in the cup final squad. What what happened there? Uh, yeah, so we actually had a a lot of games during that spell. We had the qualifiers and league games, and and then the, the cup as well. Um, and we had a midweek game in the league, and I got injured really hard. Uh, ankle and then did everything I could to be fit for the cup final just a few days later but it was there was no chance really I was out for another two weeks after that so um yeah it was disappointing I was actually that was probably the point where I was feeling at my best in a good bit of form and found a uh, good rhythm uh, obviously adjusting to the, the new surroundings and then the injury happened right before the cup final so it was uh definitely not ideal and, um the guys end up losing the cup final, so just all in all, it was, it was a bad week. But um, 
as as keep saying, these these things are just part of the job being a footballer. Injuries happen, and uh, you just got to take it as a learning curve. You ended up, as you touched on there, you you played in some European games against uh, Maribor in the Champions League qualifiers. What was the the home atmosphere like? Um, to play in their stadium, it was uh, it was amazing to be honest. I mean, obviously used to playing at Ibrox, and then you uh, you almost take it for granted what a big stadium like is like the atmosphere and the just the quality of the, the surroundings. Um, so it was, it was great to get that kind of big game feel again. And there was obviously a lot at stake. They were they were expected to uh, to make the group stage, and there was a lot of pressure on them. And we could obviously we wanted to do as well as we could, and but we just we're happy that all the pressure was on them and they were really competitive games. We were kind of unlucky to, to miss out on uh, a couple of moments that looked like we were going to progress and then they ended up getting going through either by a goal or away goals or something. I can't remember exactly how it, how it happened, but um, yeah, just in general to be involved in, in, a, um, in a big game again, I feel like was was great to be a part of. Yeah, so the team ended up dropping into the, the Europa League and you got drawn against Braga. What was what, what was your first thoughts when that kind of tie popped up? Kind of, as I say, mixed emotions. Like you, you want to compete against against the higher players you can, and but at the same time, you'd you'd quite like a a more winnable fixture. Um, but I think Braga were, yeah, probably as good a team as we could have faced, and there was really little expectation on us. And then we went um, went over there and ended up leading leading two one and again it looked like we were going to progress and they ended up scoring a couple of late goals, beating us three two and, and going through. So um it's obviously at this point we've put so much into it. Um and then uh yeah, to to get to the group stage it would have been the first Icelandic team to, to make the group stage of the Europa League. So um yeah, we came came pretty close but we um yeah, as I say we competed well and it was it was good to, to test yourself against that quality of, of opposition. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a great account you gave you yourselves. He's managed to get yeah, a few good. goals as well against a, a real good uh, side. So, a team probably that, that could easily get into the, the Champions League at times. You ended up playing at uh, Braga. Uh, what was this like stadium like? It's, it's fantastic, isn't it? I think they call it the, the quarry. I think that's what the translation is. Could, big... That could be right. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's one that stands out. Actually, it was it was a really cool stadium, kind of built into the side of like. Like a cliff almost, and yeah, um, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, so yeah, as I say, same same against like playing against Maribor, it was, it was great just to be involved against a big team and a lot at stake. And those are the kind of games you, you train for and want to be involved in. And um, yeah, I haven't been at East Kilbride, you know, only maybe six months before these games. It was pretty surreal to be playing Europa and Champions League qualifiers after in such a short space of time. So um, that's just kind of the. The, the beauty, if you like, of being a footballer, you never know where it's going to take you, and uh, that was all part of, of moving abroad and, and getting those sort of experiences. And that's kind of credit to yourself, though, probably, for going out there and pushing yourself maybe into a different challenge, you know, going into a, a completely different country. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, as I say, I just, just wanted to uh, experience something new, and thankfully it's, it's worked out pretty well so far. I'm glad I did it, and uh, long may they, may they continue. Did you learn the language? Um, I mean, I was there for like two years, so obviously you're going to learn quite a few kind of common phrases, but nowhere near fluent, uh, fluent or anything like that. I mean, they speak such good English, and yeah, obviously having another Scottish guy in the team, Stevie, and he didn't speak any Icelandic really. <laughs> um, he understood a lot more than me, but um, there was no real uh, motivation to learn. It's such a difficult language, plus everyone speaks English, so yeah. Um, nah, can't say that I learned too much of the language, unfortunately. So you ended up going to the semi-finals of the cup that season, uh, your last season, sorry, uh, but you yeah. got knocked out by eventual cup winners. You ended up finishing fourth, but just narrowly missing third place, big old difference. What was yeah. those emotions like? Uh, yeah, as I said, FH had been used to winning, and me being at Rangers, you're expected to win every every year, so um, to come third and fourth wasn't wasn't really seen as a success, but I think it was just a period of transition for the club and a lot of guys kind of coming to the end of their, their career and um, things needed to change. And um, it just, yeah, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out for us and uh, not winning the cup or the league was a big disappointment. And um, my contract came to an end at the end of that year and they offered me a new deal, but I just, um, 
I just thought it was time to move on and try to test myself for a higher league. And I think it probably would have been the kind of easy choice if you like. It's a great country to live in and good contracts and another two years of security. But um, I just kind of made the decision to to move on and be a free agent and take my chances elsewhere and just try try progress. So um, that's that's kind of what happened at the end of that year. And then I was back home for a couple of months and then agent got me um, got me out to Finland to club um, where I spent spent last season. So um, all worked out in the end. Yep. So the league starts a bit like in Finland, the, the league starts a bit like the Betfred Cup where it goes into the group stages uh, of a cup called That's right, yeah. is, is it the Suomen Cup? I don't know if I pronounced that. That's right, that yeah, right. it's just kind of, yeah, it's, it sounds right to me. <laughs> That's kind of like the, yeah, like the FA Cup, if you like, the, for example, it's their kind of League Cup. Um, so that's kind of started in pre-season, and I think I signed yeah. the week of that, our first Cup game, and it was against the, the probably the biggest team in Finland, HGK, they played in Europe quite a lot, and considered to be uh top club in, in the country, it's where Morelos came from, so... Um, to go straight into that game was was really good, and I played the full game. And obviously, the manager showed a lot of confidence in me after my first couple of weeks of training. And um, I think I played played pretty much every minute of the season. So uh, from that moment on, so um, it was it was a great year to be honest. We ended up reaching the final of that cup and got to the playoff final as well. So considering the club almost got relegated the year before and got put out in the group stage, it was. It was probably a successful season, uh, you'd have to say, even though we um, we didn't win those cup finals, which is always disappointing. But in terms of where the club had been and looking at it from the outside, it was it was a it was probably a successful year. Absolutely, especially coming close to relegation and then finding yourself at what mid table and, and getting to cup finals, it must have been fantastic yeah. for the club. Yeah. Now, what was the support? Yeah, it was a big boost. Sorry, what was the support like uh, in Finland for the team? It's kind of hard to compare to, to kind of UK fans. I don't think they're quite as passionate or as loud, but they obviously care a lot about the team. It's just kind of the, the culture. The, they don't show it in the same same sort of ways, but where I was living was, was actually on an island uh, off the west coast of Finland, so they kind of had that yeah, island mentality. I feel like everyone stuck together and uh, had its challenges, but at the same time, it was, it was a great place to be. It was a lot of fun, just a lot of time with the guys. You know, I became... Uh, really close group and I think that was definitely part of our, our success I was just about, uh, that takes me on to my next question very nicely how was the travel about I know you're, you were on the island would it be boat or would it be aeroplane to, to the destinations to go to the um, so they, they used to fly to the games when that was their sponsor but then the um, kind of ferry company ended up sponsoring the team so we'd we'd have to get like 10 hour overnight ferries from our island over to Helsinki and then if we were playing Helsinki, then fair enough. But sometimes we'd have to <laughs> travel. Um, I think fourteen hours was our longest journey on a train once we got to Helsinki, all the way up north. Uh, so it was, yeah, that was definitely part of the challenges of living of playing for for IFK. Um, but I'd say it was it was a good group. Really, really enjoyed being a part of it and spent a lot of time together. And uh, that, yeah, the traveling just kind of added to the experience, I guess. Did uh, any of the guys kind of ask you maybe about Morelos, how, how he was doing in the Scottish game? Uh, yeah, actually they were quite quite interested to hear how he was doing. Obviously a lot of them had played against him a couple of years before that. And um, I think they were, you know, you, you want to know how guys do once they leave after you play against them and kind of get a feel for for what level they're, they're at. And, and he, especially Glenn Kamara as well, uh, Finnish connection. So they were always asking about him. Um, <clears throat> and they... Yeah, they were they were really interested in, in how Morelos was doing, so it was funny that connection. Do you think there's any other hidden gems like Morelos, or do you think he's maybe just been an exception? It's going to be hard to find <laughs> someone who's who's had the impact he's had. Obviously, he was talisman for Rangers, and when he's yeah focused and doing well, he's yeah as good as anyone in the league, and a lot of big clubs were chasing him. So, um, but it's, it's definitely possible that there are guys in these sort of leagues who are for whatever reason um, not picked up but that's that's part of what you learn when you go abroad you know as I say living in a bubble playing for Rangers you don't really think about anyone else to be honest you just kind of think about what's going on at your club and um, it's definitely an eye opener seeing how players train and, and play abroad So that kind of takes us on to the end, of the end of your time there was that just a case of the contract running out and you, you becoming a free agent again or 
Um, yeah, again, they were they were uh, really keen to to have me for another year or two. They'd been trying to get me to, to sign a new contract all year, basically. But it was just it's just hard to commit your future when um, there are so many challenges living on that island, traveling so much, and just various other factors. So again, I just tried to focus on having you know giving as much as I could to the club, playing as well as I could, um, and then my contract came to an end at the end of the season. And again, it might have just be an easy option to, to sign on again and, and be comfortable, but I just want to push myself and just try to get to as high levels as I can. Obviously, I'm not, not a kid anymore, so just need to keep progressing. And um, it was kind of similar to how I left FH in Iceland. Um, free agent, nothing really concrete. Um, but just kind of having faith that something would come up and if I had to go on trial, then I'd always kind of fancy myself to do well in training and, and make something happen. So... That's basically what happened for the for the move over here to the states. Yeah, as you said, you've you've moved over to Charleston, um, and you made a brief appearance and a win over Atlanta United second team. How is how is that? Yeah, it was great. Uh, great to be involved. Obviously, first first league game. Um, and I actually, the the week leading up to it, I was back home, so uh, I had to sort my visa. So I had it in my head that I wasn't going to make the game, and then I managed to get the visa approved. So I got in flight booked for the Friday night and then that got cancelled <laughs> so again thinking I was going to make the game and then it was just kind of back and forward but I ended up flying uh, through the night on Saturday and then had a few hours sleep and then made it for, for kickoff in Atlanta so uh, it was it was great to be involved and then to, to come on obviously shows that manager was yeah had faith in me to, to come on and uh, see out the win and um, that was it really it seems a long time ago after everything that's happened with the virus so uh, I've not not kicked the ball since really um, as a team. So, uh, but it's, it was it was obviously great getting first uh, first appearance over here in the states and um, getting the win was uh, made it even sweeter. Absolutely. Is it difficult to find your feet stepping into new teams every every couple of seasons? I think when I first moved to FH, it was, it was pretty difficult for me. I just you're just not sure kind of how to <laughs> how to act, how much to to how you kind of find your way how to gel if you know yeah if I can say um it's just everything's new to you and new players and stuff but I think as I say I'm not a kid anymore I've done it a few times and you just gotta have confidence in yourself and um just know you'll be accepted and it's, it's really if you perform then it makes it all the easier so thankfully I've, I feel like I've done well in the first few weeks in training and all the guys have been great with me and um clubs are used to to guys joining the team it's it's uh nothing new and it's part of the game so uh, no I, I don't really find it particularly challenging anymore just go in know you know have faith in your abilities and, and take it from there absolutely that's good to hear as well that the, the team's welcoming uh, how are you yeah, killing definitely. how are you killing the, your time now in the states where we're kind of in this lockdown yeah it's obviously an adjustment for everyone I, I just tried to get up and try to stick to a bit of a morning routine either if it's working out going for a run going to the park for some some ball work and then uh, just knowing that that's your job done for the day and you you can home and stay inside and stay safe really and yeah box sets reading uh, I've got my girlfriend here so that's it's uh, definitely definitely a bonus having her here and not having to to fight it out alone so just same as everyone else really watching TV trying to keep up to date with the news and, and see where we're going next yeah absolutely that's it's good that your girl is this the first time your girlfriend's joined you. Uh, no, actually, she um, moved out at the beginning of my season in Finland last year, and she was out there the whole time, and uh, just came out for a visit for a three-month uh, spell to the states. And obviously, with the virus going on, it's, it's pretty likely that flights are going to be cancelled for a while. So, um, could be here for for a while. So, um, it's yeah, and obviously, you've got FaceTime to keep in touch with your family and make sure they're all right, which is the most important thing, really. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen much of uh, South Carolina? So, um, for the first few weeks, obviously you're training a lot and trying to adjust to, to training, but when you get some downtime, it's um, it's good to explore and get a feel for the place. And it's yeah, it's an amazing city, to be honest. I didn't know much about it um, before I came, but um, everyone you speak to just has really good things to say about living here and um, made a few connections with a couple of Scottish guys that, um, that are... Um, involved with the college team here so it's always good having the Scottish connection and someone you can hang out with and um, 
just generally it's, it's been a it's been a great place to live. The sun's been out, so it definitely helps. I mean, it's tough. So it's uh, a plus when it's sunny, nice isn't it? Uh, it's, it's just a bonus in it, I know. So <laughs> uh, it's definitely outside. It's, it definitely helps. But so could could definitely be worse off. Absolutely, I think it's raining here, so <laughs> you could have. No, it rain. rains all the time back home. I know. It's, I feel bad to tell my family how sunny it is. <laughs> um, just take going back to Iceland. I, I travelled to Iceland with my partner <clears throat> as well, my fiance. And uh, did, did you did you try any of the rotten whale? Um, I think my mum tried it actually. She ordered it on the menu just to say she tried it, but it wasn't for me to be honest. So no, I never, never ordered it again after she. <laughs> 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 what about the the showers? Did you come across any of the sulphur showers? <laughs> sulphur, um, not particularly. No, I mean, do, do you know what I'm talking about with the eggy smell? <laughs> the smell, I know it's horrendous. It's uh, rotten, isn't it? <laughs> it's so weird. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know, I don't know how to get used to it. it me and Stevie just could never, could never get used to it. But, um, yeah, apart from that, it's, it's a great place to live. But, no, we only f- used to that. Yeah, we only found out in, uh, by Googling it <laughs> that it wasn't the one of us. <laughs> what it was. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were blaming each other for the smell. <laughs> I think it takes two by surprise, that. I know. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, who do you think is the best player that you've played with? At any point? Yeah, yeah, just any point. Um, yeah. Any point. Um, I think growing up, obviously, John Fleck um, was always considered to be one of the top players in the youth, youth set-up, and I like, think he's, he's kind of starting to show his potential now. He's always always had a lot of quality in training, his left foot, powerful, um, really good in the ball, and he's obviously been doing really well in the Prem, so he was always at some someone that stood out when I was younger. Um, and then you played with kind of top pros, Bielovic, Kenny Miller. Um, Aluko had a lot of quality. Um, it's hard to pinpoint just one, but I definitely played with guys with a lot of quality. And uh, I'd probably say around that time at Rangers, when I first broke into the first team, were some of the top players. Steve Davis, another one. So, uh, yeah, definitely lucky to play with a lot of good guys. And you just try implement what they do and uh, try to learn from them. And that was always something I was, I was lucky to do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you've, you've played alongside some wonderful players, as you've mentioned. Um, what about the, the coaches you've worked with abroad? Have you had any favourites? Um, I, was, I was really impressed with the coach last year um, in Finland. Um, he, when I first went on trial, he had kind of PowerPoint set up with clips of mine and what he was wanting from me and stuff. So that kind of took me by surprise and uh, showed how, how much he wanted me and how thorough he was. And he... Um, he was just really suited to the role last year of kind of getting a good, um, good uh, unity in the team, and had a lot of good, um, good ideas. I agreed with his philosophy, and he actually got the Finland under nineteen job um, at the end of the season. So uh, that shows that he's he's held in good uh, good esteem over there. So I'd I'd probably say him. I got a lot of him, um, and obviously played a lot of minutes under him. So um, so far, I'd, I'd probably say him, but. Um, I've not had, not had any bad experiences with coaches. I wouldn't say. I think try learn something different from each of them. They've all got their own philosophies and um, ways of playing the game. So I think that will um, that will only be beneficial for me moving forward. Do you think? Uh, are you planning and moving into coaching? Maybe once your career's finished. Um, it's not something I really thought about when I was really young. Um, Maybe not something that a lot of coaches at the time would have thought I would do. I was kind of um, one of the quieter guys in the team, you might think, just trying to take everything in. But um, as you get older, you um, think more about the future. And it's, it's definitely something I'd, I'd consider. Um, whether that's a youth coach, assistant coach, I, who's to say? But um, in some form, it, it definitely could be an option. But um I'd just like to think I've got a few more years of playing first before, before oh, I have to deal with it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, if you could go back to 2012 when you were just in the kind of borders of the first team, going into the first team, would you go back and give yourself any sort of advice? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I, I mean, when you left, when I left, I obviously thought about it a lot and different things I would, I would change. But I'd, I'd rather just focus on what I did well, which was, you know, I always worked hard, always look back and, and don't think that I didn't waste the opportunity. I always made the most of the facilities and things like that and the coaches and 
Um, always showed myself well in training. I think the one thing I would say was maybe just show a bit more belief in, in what I, what my strengths were rather than focusing on my weaknesses maybe and always trying to train them and maybe just uh, go out with a bit more freedom and, and really show my, my true abilities because I never really felt like I did that, whether that's um, because of the different positions or just kind of immaturity, if you like, as a player, you know, wasn't fully developed and wasn't fully sure of myself. Um, but I like to think that obviously if I'd been given the chance, I would have kept progressing. But um, I'd, I'd say that's probably the main thing, just to, if I was to go back and, and say anything. Um, just uh, try to play with a bit more freedom and, and show what you're good at. Yeah. Well, I think that's just about us. But before you go, I have to say that was a cracking birthday present you've got from your big brother. <laughs> you're absolutely <laughs> fantastic with those tips. <laughs> you think I said that, did you? <laughs> I absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if MD doesn't know what I'm Sorry, if, if nobody Sorry. knows what I'm talking about, if you need to check out the Twitter account for Robbie, uh, do you want to say your, your Twitter handle name? Uh, I think it's just at Robbie D Crawford, maybe at Robbie Crawford. I can't even tell you to be honest, but uh, uh, well, I know hopefully I got a lot, that works, lot of response. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the guy that does the uh, footballers with, and it's I say I tits on every footballer imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie's got his own mug. <laughs> well, thanks oh, for taking the time. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for taking the time to chat with us Robbie it's been great and all the best for the future and hopefully you're back kicking a ball about very soon take care mate cheers no worries appreciate it thanks for having me on thanks a lot mate cheers thank you Let the race be